0: Welcome to the Data-Driven CX podcast by Informatica. In this podcast, the fundamentals, real-life practices and impact of Data-Driven CX are explored in conversations with industry thought leaders and successful business leaders. In this episode, we explore how to develop and leverage new business models and monetize data from a telco perspective. A fresh, different view on Data-Driven CX. I'm your host, Nienke Bloom, global thought leader and educator in CX, and my guest today is Jennifer Belliscent, Principal Data Strategist at Snowflake. She has an interesting and elaborate career in research, teaching and strategy. From Stanford to more than 12 years at Forrester, and now already for a year and a half as Principal Data Strategist at Snowflake. What a fabulous guest to have and get her perspective on data-driven CX. Happy to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Really very happy to be here with you today. And to start our conversation off, maybe not all listeners of the podcast know Snowflake can you introduce Snowflake a little bit more? Absolutely. So Snowflake is
1: a cloud data platform. We enable companies to mobilize their data and better derive value from it, either internally or through sharing it across a broader ecosystem. So we're really excited about that mission and and helping companies mobilize their data.
0: Yeah. And especially in the the whole series of podcasts on data-driven CX, I really like this as I've been a leader in CX in a telco eight years ago. So Data driven CX in telco, but this different perspective. I we all know it's it's a competitive world in telco. How do you see data play a role in CX when we think about innovation and competitive differentiation? Absolutely,
1: Nikki. Well, so we know that telecom operators are facing competition from multiple actors, and that's that's nothing new. You know, and as we've seen, competition is actually a good thing. It's a driver for transformation, and really that's what successful telcos have been doing today. Many of them have been using their their own internal data to better understand their customers deliver offers that better meet their, you know, their, their subscribers needs, you know, embrace new offers, enrich their data with external third-party data to get that, you know, that richer view of a customer, a 360 degree view, but that's not all they've been doing. Actually, one of what I'm excited about is that innovative telcos have realized that they're not the only ones that can benefit from from this data. And they're launching new data and insight services, new data and insight offers that enable other companies to, to leverage this data. So, you know, it's not just using their data for their own internal CX, but really enabling others to use that data and allowing them to develop whole new revenue streams.
0: Well, oh, that we're going to dive deeper into that a little bit later. But and I think many people are are looking at their business and their CX and their data driven CX like pre and post pandemic. Has the focus changed during and post pandemic? Do you think?
1: Well, you know, we know that consumer behavior has changed. Uh, Things that people were doing before the pandemic, they're not necessarily doing today. So that's obviously changed for telcos as well as for others. Uh, But one of the things that I think is interesting is that during the pandemic, telecom operators were really on the front lines. They really began sharing data more and more with with governments to understand global mobility patterns. You know, we had seen that before in in other outbreaks. We saw that with Zika several years ago where where telcos were helping monitor movements to to guide government responses to uh, to different outbreaks but in the recent pandemic telcos really helped governments they helped their own business customers they helped customers put together communications infrastructure put that in place so that they could enable their employees to to work from home you know there were there were new opportunities for telcos within the pandemic it was a kind of a forcing factor for many customers and as a result we've released really, you know we've seen an acceleration in digital transformation, not necessarily within telco, of course, but, you know, elsewhere. And telcos have had an opportunity to help with that.
0: I think that's the interesting perspective of this. That's why I'm like, I'm so excited for this episode, because how do you find new business models or opportunities for innovation based on leveraging these data assets?
1: So it's interesting. One of the the first ways that several of the telcos that I've worked with uh, kind of came across this is they were using their own data, like I said, to understand their their customers, looking at call data records and, and network traffic data. They were using that data to say, for example, identify where to place a retail store, maybe looking at the demographics of who those people were that were passing by a particular location. And that would help inform kind of the merchandising within the store, what should they offer, what should they promote. So based on that, their own network traffic data and others. And so, you know, part of that process then is there was kind of a recognition that, hey, well, if I'm doing this, maybe others could take advantage of that data in the same way. So several of the operators started to offer these kinds of location services using that network traffic data, using some of the aggregated subscriber data to help retailers identify where to place a certain new store or a restaurant or even outdoor advertisers. That's another use case. So it started with the telcos using that data to address a specific business problem that they themselves had, and then turning that kind of inside out and saying, hey, well, let's offer that externally. And so they've become data and data services providers.
0: Yeah, I think it's very interesting. You mentioned location-based data. Well, do you also have other kinds of data that, that is available for them to build these new business models? Well, so they have their own data,
1: obviously, things that are coming from, you know, the, the network traffic data, which is obviously very tied to location. They know, you know concentrations of where concentrations of users are and flows of, of, of users. And one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, no, thinking of that, you know, concentrations of crowds in specific locations, but this notion of movements of people across a city, for example. You know, in Latin America, some of the telcos have helped cities optimize their, their transport networks. You know, knowing where to put buses at what times because they know when people are moving around the cities. But they also have so got that that location data, that network traffic data. They also know a lot about their subscribers. Now, obviously, there's a you know privacy element there. But when when aggregating that data and providing kind of high level consumer trends, they can use that data. Two, I know, and one of the the interesting use cases is like a stadium. They know when people arrive at a stadium for a particular event. They know where they're coming from. They know how that varies depending on weather, for example. So that's another aspect of, you know, this opportunity is bringing in external data to augment the data that they have themselves internally. So they can, you know, in the case of this like a stadium, they know well how does weather impact the stadium traffic, or or you know what time people arrive at a stadium, and and when the stadium you know business owners know when people arrive, you know they could try to encourage people to come early and maybe buy more food or offer some promotion. If you arrive, you know two hours before the event, you get cheaper parking, you know you get a free hot dog, <laughs> whatever it might be. But <laughs> using, yeah, using that data to make offers and create more of a better customer customer. customer experience, more engagement. So it's, you know, the telcos, yes, they're using their data themselves for their own customer experience, but this is really cool because they're able to help their business customers have better customer experiences and and richer customer engagements.
0: Yeah, I really like the cities that you mentioned, that they can help the cities in how people move. um, Like Arenas, do you have another example of new business models that were developed? Well, so this is kind
1: of an interesting one. So we think about subscriber data and, you know, you think, oh, well, we've got regulations like GDPR and you can't be selling subscriber data. But there there was a great example in Eastern Europe of actually a consortium among three different telco providers to provide opt-in credit scoring. So what they found was, particularly among younger populations, they didn't have a credit history. And so when they went to go get, you know, maybe their first mortgage to buy a home or a car or some sort of consumer credit, they were struggling because they didn't have a credit history but they had a long history of paying telco bills you know paying their cell phone bills and being on time interesting timeline. So this consortium actually worked together and created a credit scoring offering that a subscriber could opt into and say, "Yes, I do want you to use my data. I do want you to aggregate my data with other sources that you can that you can find and provide my bank or the car dealer or who, whomever is providing that credit with a credit score for me because I don't have that formal." You know, more traditional credit history so this was a really cool one because it was you know obviously a new revenue opportunity but it was specifically with subscriber data which we think of as oh you know we've got and of course we do need to be very sensitive to subscriber data and ensuring that we're we're protecting people's privacy but in this case it was an opt-in and people did want it because it was an opportunity
0: for them to get you know credit that they couldn't otherwise get. I find it very interesting because these are also the moments that you really benefit the personal by using the larger data and helping people, especially with 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 things you already know. So I think it's 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 a beautiful example. Well you already mentioned privacy, and um, I think it's a very important element, which I don't think we should pull down like like a curtain, all right, it's privacy-based or GDPR, so we cannot do it. But what are privacy issues that might come up? Well, I do think you're right. And I would, I would go out on the limb and say, we see people hide
1: behind it. I can't do that because of GDPR. But yet when you dig very closely into GDPR, obviously, you know, we want every business to respect the rules that we've put in place and we've put them in place for a reason. Uh, But like this example with the opt in for consumer credit. There are times when an individual might want their data shared. There are other opportunities for aggregating data and providing trends. Uh, so, like in the example that I was I was talking about with outdoor advertising. So, you know, you might think of a billboard that's you know you driving down the highway and you see you know you see a sign. Sometimes now there are dynamic signs where the messages can change, or if, you know we see them at bus stops and, and things like that. Well, if you know what the demographic trends are. At a particular time of day on a particular highway or at a particular bus stop, you can change the messages based on that information. Well, that's using subscriber data, but it's not identifying any particular individual. It's using the aggregated insights from those subscribers. So i you know, I, as I, you know, always say, it's absolutely most important to respect the, the privacy of the subscribers and their data, but there are many, many creative ways that we can derive insights and value from that data at the same
0: time. Yeah, I I think it's, it's good to be aware of the privacy issues. And I really agree with you that it shouldn't be something that we hide behind, because there's always opportunities. And two weeks ago, we had a large conference about CX within the government. And what I saw is that everybody used different titles, different team names, where what kind of departments or are within telcos are working on these data driven CX and leveraging new business models? What kind of titling do you see over there? Just for our listeners, so they understand where to go or who to contact within their organizations.
1: So it's interesting. So sometimes we've seen a chief data officer, an interesting one was Telefonica, a traditional national carrier in, in Spain, several years ago, actually, now probably a long time, more than several years ago. Um, but they, and I'll get to your question, I'm going to just deviate yeah. for a minute here. No worry. They, they de- licensed their data to a consulting company called Synergic. And Synergic was doing these kind of insight services. And then at some point, Telefonica bought them and brought that in-house and created a new division, which it it called Luca for a long time. And now they've rolled it into Telefonica Tech. So the point there is that sometimes you see these telecom operators, maybe licensing data to an external consulting firm. You might see them creating a new business internally within their organization. In, In Singapore, Singtel uh, spun off a data division. It's called Data Spark. And that is the entity that's using these data to deliver new services. In terms of titles, Sometimes we see a telco with a chief data officer who is really thinking about driving that data-driven mindset across the organization. They might have some purview into how that data is being used internally. They might also be uh, instrumental in how it's used externally, but, but really there's a lot of variation in, in who is responsible for this. There are there are lots of different organizational structures, you know, internally, the spin-off, the make an acquisition, it, there, there are lots of different ways to set it up organizationally.
0: Yeah. It's it's what I see. I find that that's uh, always the interesting thing when there's just a starting element. So it's it's not regularized, it's not it's like when you have marketing or sales. This is organized everywhere. So I, f- I find it very interesting uh, to see the, the whole things with titles or what kind of department, what the names are. So I'm I'm, I'm keeping a, a close eye on that. But now turning it from a Snowflake perspective, how, how Snowflake and Informatica, who are organizing this podcast, how are you helping customers in telco in their data-driven CX initiatives?
1: Absolutely. So a couple of things, as I mentioned earlier, Snowflake, you know, our mission is to mobilize the world's data. And so obviously we want to help telco operators be able to better leverage their data, be able to access data from across their organizations. So we're working to put in place a cloud data platform, the data cloud, as we call it, to break down their silos internally so that they can aggregate and access data from across their organizations. That's when we really see the value generated when you can, when you can combine data from from multiple parts of your business and share data with with partners a broader ecosystem and and really bring in third-party data from external sources you know data providers as well so that's that's one aspect that you know snowflake is helping customers with that that notion of being able to access aggregate build data applications on top of the data so it's not just about oh hey we have the raw data it's really about thinking well how can it be Used, what are some of those use cases, and then creating an application using that data to deliver those insights directly into a business context, whether it's lo- you know location site selection or whether it's better customer engagement. So Snowflake provides the platform for doing that, and we've got a number of partners who are building out those specific applications that would be the the insight service or the insight. Product. Now, we're also working very closely with data governance partners like Informatica to help ensure that, you know, while we're mobilizing the data, we're allowing companies to become more data driven. We're putting guardrails. You know, it's not just a free for all. We're, we're telling people, you know, we're ensuring that the right people have access for their specific purposes. So when we think about data governance, it's about knowing what data you have and what you can do with it. It's about protecting that data. So once you know what the data is, you need to apply the right rules, the right policies, you need to protect it. But the third element of governance is you've put these other things in place so that you can unlock the value of the data. Part of that, you know, that whole, those three pillars of knowing, protecting and, and unlocking the value of it is
0: what we do through Informatica. When we were preparing, I also wrote something down like data clean rooms. Wow. <laughs> it still fascinates me. Could you elaborate on that? Because it's still
1: like, what is it? Absolutely. So the irony of a clean room is that it's, you know, it's not a room. It's not four walls. (laughs) It doesn't have a ceiling or a door. (laughs) Um, well, maybe it has a door if you think of it metaphorically. So, the our, our notion of data clean room is w- what what we see is we two or more parties want to come together, for example, and overlay their data, join their data together uh, virtually, and derive insights from it. So, I'll walk through a couple of examples. The first one is so it was posited in the '80s. There was a professor who said, "How would you if you if you had two millionaires and they wanted to know which one of them had the most money, but they didn't want to tell each other how much they had, how would you do that? And it turns out mathematicians can do that. They can do that, you know, through formulas and a lot of very detailed math, but computers can do that much more easily. And really that's what we're doing within Snowflake. What you do is you, you've got the two parties data and really what you're doing is you're securing the data and you are applying use, right? you you know, access rights. You're saying, okay, you can access this data, but only for very specific purposes. And so you can't see the data, but you can ask the data a question. So the use case that we see most often is we've got a media outlet like Disney, for example, or a television channel, and they want to sell advertising to different brands out there. But the brands obviously want to know where their customers are, their potential customers are before they place an ad on a specific program. So you can allow that overlay by saying to the the brands, okay, you can, you know, we'll overlay your data and we'll show you how many common customers we have across different shows. And so we, for example, Disney recently purchased the viewing rights to the National Hockey League in the US. And some of the brands wanted to know, um, okay, well, they knew that the hockey fans were watching games but advertising on a game tends to be kind of expensive. What other shows were their customers watching that they could put their ads on? And so it turns out hockey fans also watch a certain comedy shows, certain series. uh, And so that's, you know, that's what, Disney would then, you know, once they matched up those, the customer data, they'd be able to say, okay, well, a big concentration of your users, your, your customers are watching, you know, this other comedy show. So you could put the ads there. So in that case, you know, you, you know the brand would be asking the question in a sense, you know, what are my customers watching? or what, you know, where are most of my customers watching? And they could get the answer of how many of their customers, you know, what percentage of their, you know, customers were watching different things without actually seeing who those specific customers are.
0: I, I love the example, because that's what I often when I speak with my peers, or um, uh, with with CX leaders, or data leaders, often people speak in, in concepts. And then it's very difficult to grasp, like ask data a question. And when you describe it like this, it, it becomes I'm a visual person, I can see it. And, and it, it becomes understandable what we often see is when the world of data meets the world of cx is that cultural aspects come into play to what extent do you think telcos already like have like a data-driven mindset when it comes to build a new proposition from this more cultural perspective
1: so i think in to to a certain degree there are certain you know there are certain pockets within telcos that might be very data driven you know optimizing the networks and subscriber churn and some of their own internal uses of the data are, are probably very mature from a from a data perspective what what's what I think is important when you're really thinking about kind of a, this more broad based transformation within an organization is, is thinking about everyone and and making sure that everyone understands data and the value of data and how it can be used across the organization. Um, and so one of the things that we're, and and even in a, you know, even in a telco where there are pockets of places where they've been very data driven, it's not necessarily universal and widespread. Um, so a couple of examples there. I, um, was talking about uh, these examples of, of, of where somebody who, you know, somebody in the organization might not think that they have a role um in this whole you know data transformation or be a data driven organization and as i mentioned you know i talked about governance being those three pillars of know your data protect your data and and use the data unlock the you know unlock the value of the data and i really think that everyone within an organization plays you know one of those roles and so yeah. one example that came up several times was thinking about you know the 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 people who work in a Telco's, you know, uh, operators retail store, you know, and a customer comes into the retail store, they want to buy a a plan. And the first thing that the salesperson is expected to do is take down customer information. Well, if that person doesn't think of themselves as a a data person, and capturing data that's going to be used later about those customers, they might not take necessarily take all of the information down correctly, not necessarily because there's any malicious intent. It's just that they're not thinking downstream. Oh, this is going to be used to understand our customers and improve our customer experience and and better engage with these customers. They're just thinking, oh, I've you know got a line of ten people, and I
0: I, I want to make yeah. sure I new you know, customer I, coming up. I sold
1: he, yeah next, <laughs> next. <laughs> exactly. We need to really be teaching. Everyone, you know, not just the data scientists or the business analysts, but everyone within the organization about data and about the value of data to the organization.
0: I think it's a very interesting perspective also for the people that are listening and working in CRM projects who are having these conversations is I use these examples to see where you can bring your business towards the future, because I think it's so important not to, yeah, just cut this off and, and and just make it easy, you know, make it valuable so important. I, I love this conversation and, and we have a question we ask everybody. So I'm also asking you, what are your suggestions on where to start when it comes to data-driven CX and especially in this episode on building new business models and, and maybe also what not to do, but let's first start with where to start.
1: Where to start, I would say, really think about how, I mean, p- particularly in this notion of thinking not only about their own customers, you know, customers, Driven C or in data-driven CX, but thinking about how they can enable and and facilitate others. So I, the like I said earlier, that that notion of seeing how they're using their data internally and where they're deriving value of it inter, from it internally, and then turning that on its head and may, externally and seeing wh- which customers or partners could be you know could be interested in in using that. So taking that inside out approach, or I guess out. I mean, you could think of it as inside in inside out or outside in. But this notion of taking what you might have started doing internally and and bringing it to others so others could have that opportunity to improve their own c x um you know obviously within their own c x it's about breaking down silos, it's about making sure that they do have that customer three sixty it's about you know like I said, the data literacy so that that data that they do have is as high quality as possible, you know, as you as you get more of an understanding of how it's going to be used down the line. So there are a couple of different things.
0: Yeah, I think it's very interesting, because you can also start like who could be partners who could benefit from this. So would you say would you say this is done by the data department? Or is this done like multidisciplinary? Or who's involved in, in, in this where to start?
1: I think it really needs to be multidisciplinary. I mean, I think it needs to have executive support because obviously it's there there's an element of 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 embracing a new business model, creating a new product portfolio. So there there does need to be some executive support. But the best data product is one that brings together data from from a variety of different sources and again talked about breaking down the silos internally to be able to access a variety of different data sources across the organization and so you need to have representation from those different stakeholders so and and then eventually this is going to be a, a data product and so you need to have a product team who could go out to the potential customers and identify them, what those requirements are, and then bring them back in house. So there, there's a lot involved in, you know, when you think of getting to be a mature, you know, data products data provider or insights products provider, but you don't have to start it all at once. You can start smaller and then build up to that and and the you know the that first start is that you know that use case that maybe is something that's been done internally and then is turned externally
0: yeah i would absolutely not to do and you had this beautiful example put six, six people in a room and then oh, right
1: right and you know thinking about how do you how do you innovate and how do you ideate and uh, you know one of the the companies that i was talking to about this notion of data monetization and building data products you know they said that well we're really struggling to identify a, a a viable use case, and I said, "Well, how do you, how are you doing that?" And they said, "Well, you know, we've got a team of six people, and we keep meeting regularly to try to brainstorm these different use cases. And it, you know, it, six smart people in a room are not necessarily going to come up with the the perfect use case for the data and and for a data product." it's going to come from talking to the potential users, the, you know, the prospective, you know, customers. And so it's about getting out there with the data or data users, maybe starting with data users internally. And then, you know, talking to partners and customers and looking to see what else is you know what what other telcos have built these types of data products or services you asked if it were the data team and I you know I'd say yes and no you know the data team needs to be involved because obviously you know they know the data very well but it's really about asking business users how they're using the data and where they're deriving value from it and then potentially you know addressing similar types of business users outside of their own organization to see if they could use the Data in similar
0: ways thank you so much jennifer it's been um, a very valuable conversation and also insightful for me because we're looking at it from a, a total different perspective so thank you so much for joining me in the conversation and sharing all your brilliant insights with our listeners oh you're welcome i really enjoyed it this is such a fabulous conversation especially with me with this background in telco she's blown my mind Thank you, as a listener, so much for listening to our data-driven CX podcast. Today, we've talked about how to develop and leverage new business models and monetize data from the telco perspective. And the two things that stood out for me were, first of all, that you can ask data a question. I love the example of Disney that Jennifer gave. And my second insight is that there are so many ways that data can be leveraged. And all examples like network traffic data, subscriber data and of course the brilliant use case of those Eastern European providers helping their younger clients out. I loved how Jennifer explained that. And of course, you can always ask for help knowing that both Informatica and Snowflake they love to help out. And please be welcome to connect to Jennifer Bellison through LinkedIn. To learn more about data driven CX, go to informatica.com/cx or check out the notes for more resources and be back for more episodes.